Do you know why Autumn ran away? Toby quietly said one day. No, I assumed that being free was good enough. It's strange. Freedom can be a scary thing, if all you've ever known is slavery. Once you're free, everything in your past disappears from your life. Almost all connections are cut. You are completely alone. Everyone and everything you knew is gone. Michael had never thought of it that way. He still had some connections back to the old country and frequent letters that kept him up to date. He wondered if he and Katie would have liked the old country if they knew that all communications would be cut off. What made her decide? Toby paused as if he was trying to get the words right. One day, when she was about 15, or at least her aunt said 15 summers had passed since she was born, the master's son broke into her cabinet, drunk, kicking down the door, cussing and accusing her of being a whore. When she denied it, he slapped her across the face and told her he would show how much of a whore she was. He did the most odd, god-awful things to her that night. The following evening, Raven ran away. She swore that he would never do that to her again. I met her in Philadelphia, and I fell in love with her immediately. She was so smart and beautiful. I didn't care about her condition. I pledged on my life that I would love and care for her and the baby. Listening, Micah realized that the baby was Raven. He also understood why Autumn had a look of hatred in her eyes. Michael Jr. represented everything she hated. He wished he could convince her that Michael Jr. really did love Raven, but he knew he couldn't. No words would be enough, plus he wasn't sure if it was true. Michael Jr. was so young. Did he really know what love was? He remembered when he was Michael Jr.'s age, all arms and legs with emotions going every which way. He must have fallen in and out of love ten times in one year. No, he knew that love was often a temporary thing at Michael Jr.'s age. Neither he or Toby said anything the rest of the day, as they continued working, each deep in their own thoughts. A letter addressed from the Department of Army, Cold Harbor, Virginia, dated July 5, 1864, came two months after Michael Jr. had disappeared. Michael got the letter at O'Reilly's. He could barely open it. His hands were shaking so badly. When he saw the handwriting, he started to sob. Michael Jr. was still alive, at least when the letter was written. Dear Father, I'm fine. However, I was wounded during the last battle. We were ordered to attack the rebels, who hid like cowards behind an embankment. We marched toward them now, row upon row of proud Irishmen, falling one after the other. The newest shoulders in the front, so we would be less likely to run. We had almost reached the embankment when we received the first volley. Around me men were falling, many to never rise again. Others fell wounded, crying and moaning. At first, a few started running toward the rear as if the very devil himself was chasing them. Then it became a tidal wave. I, I tried to move forward, 
but my legs refused to move. I felt like I was walking through the mud of a spring road after a rainstorm. Then the second volley hit us, and I felt a sting, like a horse had kicked my shoulder. As I fell forward, my feet got caught in an exposed root, and I hit my head. When I woke up, night had fallen, and I was able to crawl back to our lines under the cover of darkness. The sounds I heard that night were far worse than the wound I had received. Men crying and moaning, cursing God, and calling for their mothers. I learned later that they were left that way for two days. Each day, it got quieter, while the stench got worse and worse. Once I reached our side, I was taken back to the hospital. I was given a stick to bite down on while the bullet was removed. Once they removed the bullet, they gave me some whiskey to drink. My head hurt terribly the next morning. At that point, Michael smiled slightly. While I was in the hospital, I ran into Dr. Christopher. You remember him. He cared for Danny when he got sick that one time. Well, anyway, he recognized me and managed to get me a job as an orderly at the hospital. The job is hard, and the things I see I will not soon forget. It is horrible what a man can do to another man. I pray that this war will soon be over, and I can come home. Please tell all that I am okay. Tell Raven I have missed her very much. Love, Michael Jr. Michael read the letter over and over again. He suspected that Dr. Christopher had helped Michael write the letter. Michael Jr. was never much of a writer. However, all the thoughts were Michael Jr.'s. He read the letter to Katie and the children. Katie gasped when he read the part where Michael was, Jr. was wounded and held on to Rosary B. Tyler. God bless him, she said when Michael read about Dr. Christopher and what he had done. From the day Michael Jr. disappeared, she had been praying for his safe return. Now, with the help of Dr. Christopher, her prayers might be answered. She, however, was not happy when he mentioned Raven. She had hoped he would have forgotten her, or at least how much she cared for her. Clearly, he had not. She was worried what would happen when he did come home. Raven was not worth her son sacrificing her life. She didn't have a solution to this problem, and she also knew that Michael wasn't going to be any help. He had, she had observed that he, like Michael Jr., had fallen under Raven's spell.